Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast. I'm Brandon Karam alongside Belly Up Sports Boston Red Sox beat writer LJ LaFiora. Uh, LJ, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic. We are very glad to be back at it with this Belly Up Sports Podcast and talk about all of these games and great content we have to talk about today. Well, uh, so I believe the first thing we're going to go after. <sighs> this is entirely me. Hold on. Can we make sure everything's okay? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> so let's first give ourselves an opportunity to talk about two nights ago's Padres Dodgers game, the one that went into extra innings. Uh, We had a little bit of a miscommunication on our end, which saw us both record the late games without each other knowing. And so we didn't hear my thoughts on the game. So I'm going to go ahead and just give it a start. And Brandon can chip in whenever he'd like. Best game of the year by far. Most entertaining, most star power by a mile. And overall, I think the big theme that I talked about and I think of is El Nino. El Nino giveth, El Nino taketh away. You, of course, get that beautiful, beautiful home run early, but that's combined with the worst at-bat I've possibly seen all year. 
where he gets hung up on two 87 mile an hour sliders. And then of course the two errors, including the one that should have gotten them out with at least a four or five run or four or three run deficit, which you only need to load the bases once to get out of that. That's much easier than five. So those two, I think really decided the game for me, but overall fantastic. Yeah. Tatis, uh, he had the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows in that first game. Uh, like you said, that home run, him coming off the IL and uh, hitting a home run off a of Walker Bueller, right? It was off a of Walker yes. Bueller. Uh, him doing that was was awesome. Dead center. It was a bomb. And then, you're, you, like you said, makes those two errors. Now leads the league with seven errors. The second closest guy is at four errors. So spent uh, all that time on the IL as well. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, by far the best game of the year. Uh, to had, certainly the best future second baseman in the game right now. Is that a, is that a fair take? Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> uh, uh, like you mentioned, certainly the best game of the year so far. Uh, we saw. Some really weird situations happened in extra innings. Uh, David Price closing it out. Uh, David Price hitting a sack fly off a position player, which was then caught by a pitcher playing the outfield. Uh, LJ, was that one of the most wacky sequences that, that we've seen? I mean, yeah. I just – I didn't think we were th- – it, it was going to happen this early on in the season. I mean, you th- think – the big thing that so many teams have been preaching nowadays is rotation and bullpen flexibility and really being able to see it morph more into one thing. And so like the Dodgers, I think have certainly done the best. The Rays have done it in their own way, but I'm the little, I was a little surprised to see them kind of bail on their pitching staff and save them up for another day in extra innings. But Maybe it was the best call. We'll see once this series is over. But I think personally, the most interesting part of this game was, I want to say it was the ninth inning or was it the eighth inning when the bench is cleared? That was the 10th inning. It was the 10th inning. The 10th inning. They all blur together, but they were all absolutely magnificent. Yeah. So what happens is it was Jerks and Profar that got. Oh, Jorge Mateo. Jorge Mateo. I wasn't even close. Jorge Mateo gets uh, hit by a pitch. They can start chirping back and forth. Next thing you know, guys are all over the field. Things are in anarchy. And frankly, Don Orsillo is inciting violence. Best call of the year by far as he goes, oh, they're chirping back and forth. And then they start walking towards each other. They're going to fight. Like it's just like some, you know, 400-foot home run. It's just like he already knew it was going to happen. He was prepared to see it happen this series, and was just excited to see it. Frankly, I was hoping to see it. I'm excited to see it. I really want to see how this works out in the next couple series. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, tonight's game. So the the Dodgers pick up the win last night. uh, And once again, tonight, we retreated to a great baseball game, a great pitching matchup, Clayton Kershaw versus you Darvish. Uh, the scoring, the, who scored that first run? Oh, that's right. The only two runs in the game 
first come on a bases loaded walk issued by you Darvish to none other than the nine hitter Clayton Kershaw. So Kershaw gets an RBI. That's how the Dodgers get on the board. And then the only other run that the Dodgers score is on a solo home run from uh, Justin Turner to make it two to zero. And that would be your final. The Padres did have chances to score, especially right there at the end of the game. Uh, Tommy Pham with two outs in the bottom of the ninth and runners on second and third hits a line drive into center field. Mookie Betts makes a spectacular diving play to end the game. Uh, LJ, this, that end of the game tonight was awesome. You know, I, you can't expect these games to be anything less than absolutely electric between these two teams. And it's beautiful to watch. Like, it's beautiful baseball to watch because they fill the roles and they fill the stereotypes of the storyline so perfectly. You have this Dodgers team that's been dominating the division for years going to world series all the time, winning one now, finally. And they have that kind of feel of superiority to this young hotshot team that's coming out, throwing all their punches, not holding anything back. And so you've got them coming out here with a lot of fire, a lot of fire power, but you still have that kind of air of confidence from the Dodgers, their ability to do what it takes to win the close games late. So I think that's certainly big, but again, it's like one of those things where they have that look and feeling of superiority over everybody else. However, when they play the Dodgers, they're secretly kind of making sure their uh, gun is unholstered and is ready to come off the hip really quick in case they need it. They're certainly put on edge by this Padres team, but they don't show it as much as they can. No, and um, the the Dodgers, you know, we're going to be checking on their win-loss record very frequently throughout the year because if there was a team that could break the 116-win mark, it's going to be this this team uh, mm-hmm. just with – the, the, the pitching depth, the lineup depth, if there's going to be a team that can do it, it'll be them. So, uh, yeah, they're already off to a hot start. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're on pace to, to get there as of right now, but it's still way too early to make those assumptions. But, LJ, we have a bunch of other games that we have to get through. And uh, actually, prior to doing that, uh, we're, should we announce that uh, we – potentially are having Roy and uh, Donovan back on the show next week to recap this series, correct? Potentially. Uh, We are still in talks a little bit on that. I have to iron out a few details, but I think it will certainly be an option. Hopefully they'll be here to provide a post-mortem to this series, maybe more Padres Dodgers series in the future. We just love to interact with as many friends as possible and talk baseball with as many people as we can today's matchup between the Dodgers and Padres features Trevor Bauer and Blake Snell two past Cy Young winners uh that's going to be an awesome game as well so uh really excited but let's move on uh to the Diamondbacks and the Washington Nationals game a Jan Gomes home run gave the Nats a 1-0 lead in the second but Cole Calhoun responded with a home run of his own to tie the game at one after three innings. Uh, 
The Nats would get three runs in the bottom of the fourth by way of an Andrew Stevenson double, Jan Gomes single, and one Soto sack fly, giving them a 4-1 to lead. The Diamondbacks would get one run back on an Eduardo Escobar home run, his sixth of the year, but it wasn't enough, and they dropped this one 6-2. to Give the win to Nats starter Eric Fetty. He's 1-1 one one on the year. He goes five innings, allowing five hits, one run, and strikes out nine. The loss goes to Luke Weaver. He's 1-1 one one on the year as well. Four innings, nine hits, four runs. The Nats improved to 5-7. The D-backs dropped to 5-10. The final game of the series today features the pitching matchup of Madison Bumgarner and Steven Strasburg. Moving on over to the sock battle, the White Sox at the Red Sox today at Fenway, um, or yesterday at Fenway. Uh, despite great opportunities for both teams, the score was just 3-3 three to three in the eighth when Marlon Gonzalez uncorked one to center field, making it 4-3 to three Sox. Now, Brandon Marlon Gonzalez also became the last out of this inning, ending a four-run eighth. The final seven to three Red Sox give the win to Adam Adovino, the loss to Cody Hearer. And really, I mean, Brandon, both starters did everything in their power to give me an ulcer today because it was just there were so many base runners early that just they got out of as much as they could by the seat of their pants. I can think of at least three different deep fly balls with two outs and runners on in the first couple innings of this game. It's it's not the type of game that you watch comfortably. But they will play again tomorrow or today. Jeez, I will. I'm getting better on that. Um, <laughs> they have a doubleheader, of course, because of the snowed out game from two days ago. So this matchup first will be Dallas Keuchel versus Tanner Houck. Houck will be coming back up from the taxi squad to help out in this double header. And then the second game will be Martin Perez against a undetermined White Sox pitcher. All right. On to the Rays and the Yankees. Uh, I'm going to start this one off like I did yesterday. The Yankees suck. (laughs) Uh, You know, another rough game for the Yankees, but let's get into it. Top of the second, the Rays get on the board. Francisco Mejia homers to make it one to nothing. The Yankees would respond on a DJ LeMahieu single in the bottom of the second. That would tie the game at one, but unfortunately, that was just about all the Yankees were able to push across today. Top of the fourth, Manny Manny Margot homers, his second of the year. That makes it 3-1 Tampa Bay. They would add on in the top of the seventh with a Joey Wendell home run. The Yankees get one run back on a Rubnet Odor home run, his first with the Yankees. And then Aaron Judge double made it 5-3. Yankees still trailing, but that would be it. The Yankees dropped this one 6-3 to to Tampa Bay. They've now, with this loss, they will have lost the series as they've lost two out of three games. They've now lost seven straight series to Tampa Bay, including getting knocked out in the playoffs by them in 2020. Uh, we just can't beat the race, no matter what it is. The win goes to Tyler Glass now, who goes five innings, allowing two hits, one run, strikes out seven. Give the loss to Jordan Montgomery. 
who pitched a strong six innings. I sh- I'll say six innings, two hits, uh, four runs, and seven strikeouts. The only two hits he allowed were home runs. The save goes to Diego Castillo. He uh, pitches the ninth, striking out two batters. That puts the Rays at seven and eight, the Yankees at five and nine. It will be Garrett Cole going for the Yankees tomorrow, and the Rays will use the opener and Andrew Kittredge. Uh, LJ, I'm just waiting for you to say the line. Um, I, I don't know if I have the heart to do it today, Brandon. I'm going to be honest. The amount of negativity that I've never seen before out of the Yankees fan base is startling, to say the least. However, I do want to bring something up. So at least we have our Yankees trash moment of the day. Something that I kind of forgot about. I laughed at it in passing, but it's something that came from my conversation with Graham Wallace yesterday. If you haven't watched or listened to yesterday's episode, please go back and check that out. We had a great talk with Graham Wallace, Belly Up Sports' Blue Jays beat writer. He had a lot of great things to say puts a lot of effort into this team and his work. So definitely check out him and his work both on belly up sports and on this podcast, but Brandon possibly the line of the year that I forgot about until he, somebody else mentioned it, who watched the show. Graham Wallace's thoughts on Gary Sanchez are absolutely priceless. Brandon, do you at all remember what I'm referencing here? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I have not had, a chance to go back and listen to the interview, but I can only imagine coming from a Blue Jays fan what what it is. The exact quote is, frankly, I don't like Gary Sanchez as a baseball player or as a human being. If if that doesn't summarize everything I have felt but haven't been able to say over the years, I don't know what else does. And I just find it fascinating that you guys are so capable of defending him. I mean, I don't mean to turn this into a uh, crap on Gary Sanchez hour, but it's just, I, I see that I see the potential. I don't see it coming together in the way that it should have, especially when as multiple people have cited to me, Brandon, you might be able to actually confirm or deny this a couple of days ago, there was a passed ball that he ducked or flinched to get out of the way of. I don't want to talk about it. I'll take that as confirmation. (laughs) Um, Let's get on to the Cardinals and the Phillies. (laughs) In the top of the third, Yadier Molina extends his hitting streak with a three-run bomb, which is followed up by Paul DeYoung's solo homer. The Cardinals led 6-1 to at the end of the inning. Then in the fourth, Yadi said, I do have a very particular set of skills, skills that I've acquired over a lo- very long career. Another homer. They win nine to four. Give the win to Ryan Helsley, the loss to Matt Moore, the starter who went two and two thirds of an inning, allowing five earned runs. And Kwang Hyung Kim went three innings, allowing. Yesterday. Will continue today. Uh, they've got John Gant on the mound for St. Louis and for Philadelphia. They will have to face the very hot Aaron Knoll. 
On to the Pirates and the Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers offense will put up seven runs in the first two innings. And out of those seven runs, LJ, they only get two extra base hits in that time span. A fantastic show of just contact hitting. Uh, They had RBI singles from Avasael Garcia, Billy McKinney, Luis Arias, and Jace Peterson. That gave them a 5-0 lead after the first. Then a Keston Hura double and a sack fly gave them seven runs after two innings. The Pirates would get their sole run in the game on a throwing error, and they lose this one seven to one. Give the win to Brett Anderson, who's now two and one. He goes seven scoreless innings, uh, allowing six hits and three Ks. Lost to Trevor Cahill, who's now 0 and two. Four innings, eight hits, six earned and five Ks for him. The Pirates are now six and nine. Nice. And the Brewers improved to eight and six. The series finale has Chad Cool of the Pirates taking on Freddie Peralta of the Braves. Or excuse me, of the Brewers. All right. Let's talk about the first game of today's doubleheader between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Kansas City Royals. The story of today was Steven Matz throwing a gem, really going six innings, allowing one earned run in that last inning of work and striking out five batters over that span of time. The Toronto Blue Jays go on to win five to one, thanks in part to that spot by Mats. The leading hitter of the day ended up being Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He went one for three with two RBIs of the five. The loss will go to Mike Miner who went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing four earned runs. On to the first game of the Mets and Rockies doubleheader. Pete Alonso opened up the scoring with a single in the third inning to make it 1-0 Mets. The Rockies would jump on Jacob DeGrom for, for three runs in the fifth, but in typical Mets fashion, they were all unearned and the Rockies would take a 3-1 to one lead heading into the sixth. The Mets would get one run back in the sixth inning thanks to a Pete Alonso home run, so they would be trailing 3-2 to two heading into the seventh and final inning. A Jonathan VR double would tie the game at three, and then a Francisco Lindor single would give the Mets a 4-3 to three lead. They would hand the keys to Edwin Diaz for the bottom of the seventh. He strikes out the side, and, and the Mets get a win in game one of the doubleheader. The win goes to Jacob DeGrom, who's now 1-1 one one on the year. He goes six innings, allowing three hits, no earned runs, and 14 strikeouts. Uh, he struck out nine batters in a row at one point, tying a major league record. The loss goes to Daniel Bard, who is 0-1, his first blown save of this year. And from what I could find, I don't believe he blew a save last year. So first blown save uh, since basically 2013 when he uh, was previously playing. He goes one inning, allowing four hits and two runs. And like I said, the save goes to Edwin Diaz, his first of the year. All right. Uh, Let's get over into that second game of the Toronto-Kansas City series, a much more competitive game, which found itself tied by the fourth inning at two apiece. They go on scoreless into the bottom of the seventh, where – Veteran, catcher, leader of the team, Salvador Perez says, brah, and 
boots a ball out of the park to walk it off to win the game for Kansas City. They win three to two. Give the win to Greg Holland in the loss to Pamps of Toronto. These two teams will play again tomorrow or today. It will be Robbie Ray versus Brady Singer going at you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Game two of the Mets and Rockies. Colorado jumped on Mets starter Joey Lucchese, scoring three runs in the first inning on a Trevor Story sack fly and then a C.J. Crone double. The Mets would respond with two in the fourth inning on a Jeff McNeil double, and they'd be trailing three to two after four. The Rockies would pile on four more runs in the fifth inning. Big thanks to a Josh Fuentes three-run home run. That would make it 7-2, to two, and that would be your final with the Rockies winning. Give the win to Rocky starter Herman Marquez, who throws a complete game, all seven innings, allowing two hits, two runs, and striking out six. The loss goes to Mets starter Joey Lucchese, 0-1 on the year now. He goes three innings, allowing four hits and three runs. These two split the doubleheader, putting the Mets at 6-4 and four and the Rockies at 4-11. and 11. They finish off the series today with Marcus Stroman taking on Antonio Senzatella. Next up is the Orioles and the Rangers. Tied one apiece in the eighth. Ryan Mountcastle and Trey Mancini drove in runs. Then in the ninth, Stewart's RBI and Michael Franco's home run seal the game in the ninth. Six to one O's. Give the win to Travis Lakins. The loss to Joel Rodriguez. Baltimore's Dean Kremer went four and a third of an inning, allowing one earned run. And Dan Dane Dunning went six innings of shutout ball today. The Giants and the Marlins, which uh, was probably the game of the day other than Padres Dodgers. Uh, and Adam Duvall triple gave the Miami Marlins a 1-0 lead after the first inning. It would remain the same until the sixth. Jesus Aguilar double in the sixth gave the Marlins a 3-0 lead with just nine outs to go, but then there was a lot of action from then on. Top of the seventh, the Giants put up five runs to take the lead on home runs from Brandon Bell and Austin Slater, along with a Brandon Carl Crawford RBI single. In the bottom of the ninth, the Marlins would claw their way back into the game. A Jorge Alfaro single would bring the Marlins within one. Down to their final out, Starling Marte comes up with the big hit for the second day in a row and has an RBI single of his own to tie the game and force extras. The Giants score one in the top of the 10th on a Brandon Belt double. Bottom of the 10th, the Marlins would get another runner on base by way of a walk by Jazz Chisholm. Once again, down to their final out, Jorge Alfaro laces a double to left field that scores two runs, the tying and winning runs, that is, and they walk it off, winning 7-6. to six. 
give the win to Yemi Garcia, who I talked about on yesterday's pod. He's now two and one on the year and has three saves as well. Uh, he goes one inning, allowing two hits, no earned runs. The loss goes to Harlan Garcia. He's 0-1 now. He goes two-thirds of an inning, allowing one hit and one earned run. The Marlins are now 7-7 seven and seven with the win. Giants fall to 8-6 and six with the loss. Miami looks for the sweep today as they send out Pablo Lopez to face Alex Wood of the Giants. Next up is... Tucker Barnhart led to scoring off with a home run in the second inning. They held the lead until Eddie Rosario and Andres Jimenez hit and drove in runs themselves, getting it to a 2-1 lead. Down one, Jesse Winker tied it up, and Stevenson scored the winner in the 10th inning to make this a 3-2 Cincinnati Reds win. They get the first game of the Ohio series in their favor. Give the win to Sean Doolittle, the loss to Oliver Perez. They will play another game tomorrow with Shane Bieber on the mound for the Indians against Wade Miley, who has yet to give up an earned run this year. 11 scoreless innings. On to the Tigers and the A's. Oakland would jump out to a 4-0 lead after two innings thanks to three home runs, those coming from Matt Olson, Aramis Garcia, and Mark Canna. They would also add on three more runs, but it was simply stat padding as the A's pitching staff shut down the Tigers, only allowed six base runners the whole day. They walk away with an easy 7-0 victory. The win goes to Oakland starter Cole Irvin, who's now 1-2 on the year. Six innings, four hits, no runs for him, and six Ks. The loss goes to Tigers starter Casey Mize, who's one and one on the year. He goes five innings, allowing seven hits, five earned, and striking out four. The Tigers are now six and nine. Nice. And the A's improved to eight and seven after starting six and oh. It will be Matt Boyd versus Chris Bassett today. Very nice. All right, I got one more game for you here. The Astros and the Mariners, which really the game was decided by a Taylor Jones RBI single in the fourth. The Astros win one to nothing. Really a fantastic game pitched by Zach Greinke. He goes eight innings of shutout ball and strikeouts out six batters. And really just a fantastic job by him. Also give that save to Ryan Presley. These two teams will play today. They've got Jake Odorizzi on the mound for Houston. And for Seattle, they've got Nick Margovic. I, I don't think Nick, I've Nicky ever. M. Nicky M. Nicky M. Nicky M. New show favorite. Hopefully. Nicky- M is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Hopefully he does not blow this for us so we can talk about Nicky M a little more. What are we going to do if he like throws a perfect game and then we're going to be forced to pronounce his name on tomorrow's episode? Are we going to be? I feel like we've now immortalized him as Nicky M. So, Nicky M. Okay. I mean, we'll besides, I don't think we're going to have any issue. Nicky M currently is holds a 7.04 ERA. So I think we're going to be in good shape. Well, Let's get on to the last game that we're going to talk about, the Braves and the Cubs. 
the Cubs offense was in full effect. They hit six home runs and a 13-run offensive outburst off the Braves pitching staff. Wilson Contreras, two home runs in his first two at-bats. Chris Bryant added two of his own. And then Javi Baez and David Bodie also went yard for good measure. The Braves would muster across four runs in the losing effort, most notably a Marcelo Zuna two-RBI single. They lose this one 13-4. The win to Trevor Williams, five innings of one-run ball. The loss goes to Huascar Inoa, who I was bragging about because he was on my fantasy team. Uh, it was a rough day for the We Stan Otanis, but he goes four innings, allowing six runs. The Cubs improved to six and eight. The Braves are six and nine. Nice. It will be Bryce okay. Wilson making his 2021 debut today for the Braves, taking on Cubs ace Kyle Hendricks. And then uh, one note on the Twins-Angels game. That game was postponed today due to there being uh, positive COVID tests within the Twins organization. They've also announced that uh, Sunday's game, today's game, has also been canceled. And uh, the MLB will continue to provide updates on this matter. So uh, we should have more clarity on what the Twins schedule looks like for next week uh, on tomorrow's episode. But, uh, yeah, uh, LJ, should we move on to the PPP? Yeah, let's get into that PPP. Brandon, do you want me to lead off or do you want to take somebody first? Uh, I'll take my guy first. Uh, Zach Granke, show favorite. Uh, yes, we sir. both absolutely love the guy. Uh, the other night he dropped in like a 51-mile-an-hour pitch tonight. Eight innings, four hits, no earned runs. Vintage Zach Cranky start for him. Enough said. Uh, next up, we've got Yadi Molina. Of course, we've been talking about him quite a bit. He now has over 2,000 games caught for the same team, which is a crazy stat to begin with. But then to have, I want to say, yeah, a hit in every game except one over the past like two weeks is tremendous. And he now had a two run game today for the Royals. No, not the Royals, the Cardinals. I'm really getting my catcher screwed up here. Uh, but yeah, so fantastic game for him. Fantastic start to the season for quite an old man, future hall of famer. I have two guys that I want to talk about, and then I have a stat that I want to share. First guy is Steven Matz. Like LJ said, he continues his great start to the season. Uh, even though Huascar and Noah let down my fantasy team today, Tyler Glass now and Steven Matz made up for it. So uh, not terrible. Uh, yeah, but Steven Matz, three really good starts already for Toronto. And then the other guy I want to talk about is Brandon Nimmo. Uh, in that Mets doubleheader today, he goes three for six, and that gives him the lead in batting average now. It had been your mean Mercedes uh, in sole possession of that for the entire season up till this point. And that was Brandon Nimmo, who's hitting 471. He's 16 for 34 on the year. And as for my stat, uh, I saw this on Twitter. And I just had to put it on the show because this is this is crazy to me. 
Uh, this is from Sarah Langs on Twitter. And she said, 17 of the 21 outs Mets pitchers got in game one today were strikeouts, which comes out to 81%. That's the highest percent of outs that were strikeouts by a team's pitchers in a game in the modern era. That's since 1900. It passes a 2016 Red Sox game against the Rays in which Boston had 77% of outs by way of strikeout. Uh, yeah, pretty crazy to me that 81% of outs uh, were by way of strikeout. 14 of those today, comes 14 of the 17 strikeouts coming from, from a Jacob deGrom. Uh, yeah, really interesting stat there that uh, surprised that I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised, but you have to assume in the years upcoming, as guys start to strike out more and more and more, that stat could be broken again, but 81% is a lot. It's a lot. It's going to be a very fluky thing if it does happen. And another thing that should be mentioned here is how it got to that number, because at first I was just staring at that 17 and then thinking it's definitely not a correct stat, seeing Kerry Wood and Roger Clemens both have 20 strikeout games themselves. But you have to consider the fact that these were doubleheader games, which means they only went seven innings. So that's where that 21 outs comes from rather than the 27 that would normally be in a baseball game. But yeah, fantastic. Uh, It will remain to be seen. Of course, having it in a seven-inning game makes it much harder to accomplish. Because what would that be over 27 outs? Uh, point, uh, shoot. 0.81 times 27. 22 strikeouts. I have 22 strikeouts. That's incredibly difficult to get that percentage. Uh, I mean, honestly, we're see- obviously seeing here that the best of the best ever to pitch are the ones that are getting 20. So even a team being able to get over that is incredibly difficult. Absolutely. Well, we have a couple of uh, leaderboards that I want to talk about. And then LJ has a couple things that he wants to talk about. But as for the leaderboards, uh, we decided that we're going to put in the longest active hit streak or at the point in the season where we start to look at that kind of stuff. So Tommy Edmond uh, talked about him on yesterday's show. Uh, He got a hit in that Cardinals win today. He's at 12 game hit streak. Uh, really good start for him. As for war for hitters, still Ronald Acuna Jr. at 1.6. For pitchers, it is still Tyler Glass now. He improves to 1.4 after his start today. And then uh, I hadn't talked about these two in a while, but strikeouts for pitchers. Uh, it is Tyler Glass now at 36 through three starts, which is pretty crazy, averaging 12 per start. Uh, and then as for strikeouts for hitters, it is Javier Baez at 25. But that's what I have for the leaderboards as of just past midnight on Sunday, April 18th. Um, I do have one more statistic that I quickly compiled. Since we first worried about being a family show with Brendan's rant for the Yankees, we have so far made four suggestive comments or jokes in these shows. So well, <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Um, if you don't sir, mind me, 
you know, last night you said that we wanted to be a family show. Oh, it's entirely my fault. I'm not. And then you proceed to say that Fernando Tatis. Talk about that. Yeah. Fernando Tatis by far did. It wasn't like I made any um, unnatural comments here. I mean, he certainly did hit a cock shot. He certainly did hit a piss missile. I, I, I make up for the bulk of these, but we move on. I just find, I just found that funny. Um, first thing we want to talk about is a report that came from uh, Bleacher Report, Tim Daniels, uh, discussing what had, went on with uh, an interview that went on on the Dan Lebitard show with Stu Gotts the other day. The interview was with David Sampson, the former Miami Marlins president. He had some very particular words to share about Barry Bonds, who at one point in 2016 was the team's hitting coach. He calls this tenure as hitting coach a complete disaster. Quote, he had fun as a hitting coach because he would hang out with John Carlos Stanton and give Stanton some pointers, but he was ineffective completely, Samson said. He would sleep in the clubhouse. He would not pay attention during games. He did not work hard. It was a complete disaster. Brandon, are you surprised by this? Because I didn't think that Barry Bonds could possibly get a bigger head. Uh, no, not at all. For as much as I love Barry Bonds, the baseball player, like for what he did and all the stats he put up, like I can't deny his, his greatness. Uh, he's an asshole of a person. I mean, it's just, you know, during his entire career, he created that persona around him of I'm, I'm the best. I'm, I'm an, yeah, look at me. Uh, you know, he's, he's always gotten into it with the media, with teammates, with managers, with umpires, you know, but. No, not a surprise to me. The fact that he just hung around Giancarlo Stanton and was like, hey, you know, you could hit like 60 home runs in a season. And then, yeah. Yeah, I just, I guess my question is, I know he's a big name. However, seriously, like you couldn't see that coming if you are the brass of the Marlins. Like, this is Barry Bonds. It's not like his personality isn't well-documented already. As great a player as he is, it was kind of well – should have been well understood that this would not be a successful idea bringing him on as a coach. And there's a lot of other big names that they probably could have brought in that maybe aren't Bonds' level but would have be given more value. Another interesting thing I have from this – little conversation is it brings me back from a joke I made a couple of weeks ago about Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, Brandon, what could he possibly have been telling him there? Have some, uh, some things that he quite enjoyed that uh, worked out in his favor. He told him to eat a well-balanced breakfast. That's what it was. It's all, it's all about the Wheaties. Barry Bonds didn't go any, get anywhere without his Wheaties. He certainly didn't prolong his career by, doing anything other than eating Wheaties. All right, next topic we have here is, of course, bringing us back to that Twins-Angels game. Really, it's our first taste of a COVID story this year, mid-season. Of course, you had the whole thing with the Nationals 
start the year, but it kind of got brushed over by opening day. So it will be interesting to track how this story gets kind of thrown around there as now, Brandon, two sets of twins get COVID. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a pun intended there or if you're just oh, there's being... a There's a hundred percent a pun intended. Um, yeah. Rocket Belly Baldelli says that Kyle Gerlich tested positive for COVID-19 and another po- player t- had tested positive as well. That is in addition to Andrelton Simmons, who earlier tested positive, as well as a staff member. So those are the two sets of twins per Jeff Passan that have COVID. Yeah, you're right. This is the first real uh, big story involving COVID uh, within the season. Uh, certainly, you know, we all expected a game at some point or a series at some point to get canceled. Uh, having to make up those games is certainly not the most fun thing we saw with the Cardinals last year. They had to play like 47 games in 49 days to end their season, uh, which isn't fun, but that's why we have a seven inning double headers and the extra inning rules and, you know, all that fun stuff. But uh, you would have to assume that with the amount, with the way that the vaccine is getting rolled out uh, by about June, July, maybe even early August at the latest, we're not going to really see any more of these games getting postponed because we've seen quite a few teams say that they're either very close or they have surpassed that 85% threshold with the vaccination yeah i don't see a way that really there should be no reason that the general public if they want it can't be fully vaccinated by june from everything i by the end of june from everything i have heard of from everything that the government is pushing is for everybody to be eligible at the very least by the beginning of May. So it certainly shouldn't be any problem getting all of these guys vaccinated so we can get out and play ball. Well, uh, I think that that is going to do it for today's show. Uh, Thank you for listening as always, Uh, especially I wanted to give a shout out because I was looking at the listeners today. We have some very devoted fans in Australia. So for those of you who listen to MLB Daily from Australia, thank you. For those who listen to MLB Daily from anywhere, thank you. Uh, Make sure that you keep up with us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Me and LJ at Brandon or at Brandon underscore Karam and at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. But uh, yeah, we're a belly up sports podcast uh, and have a good night, everyone. Yeah. And Australia fans, definitely make sure you tweet at us and let us know if we need, if we should or need to start putting an upside down translation into our tweets for everybody. We we are more than willing to accommodate. Just let us know. Absolutely. Have a good one, y'all. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. 
to always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com.